Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at this is May 22nd. This is the Fightful Post Smackdown show. We have plenty of stuff to talk about. Intercontinental title tournament. Uh, a trade went down. There's a match set for Backlash for the WWE Championship. But I am joined by Mr. Warren Hayes, who will not be joining me on the AEW post show this weekend. I guess I shouldn't act like that because I've literally only been on one of those ever. So <laughs> That's true. That's true. I've covered quite a, quite a few of those, haven't I? Uh, but yeah, you know, life happens sometimes. I will be watching. I'm excited. I'm excited to uh, at least for a couple of matches. I'm looking yeah. forward to it, but I won't be in the position to stream. Hey, well, it happens. Well, you know what? You can follow along with Warren's thoughts at Mr. Warren Hayes. You can follow along with me at Sean Ross Sapp. We will have AEW Double or Nothing coverage. We have the Cody Media Call up on YouTube.com slash Fightful. So if you're not subscribed, go ahead and do that. It helps us out greatly. As do Super Chats. If you want your question or statement read live on the air during this show, donate a Super Chat. Any amount gets it done. I also have a Q&A show that drops on our premium service, FightfulSelect.com. Every single week, I answer over 100 questions. Usually hang around for about an hour and answer every question that you guys throw my way. We've got backstage news shows. We've got Raw, SmackDown, 205, Impact, Ring of Honor reviews. It's got about anything you could ask for over there, and uh, we're just going to keep adding more. I've had a lot of news posted up there about backstage Ring of Honor meetings that they've had with talent to get input. A lot of stuff about how they're allowing people to anonymously provide feedback within the company. Uh, a lot of cool stuff going on there. Had some impact news. Uh, if you're wanting to know what to expect out of The Undertaker's last ride on Sunday, I've got a lot of notes up on FightfulSelect.com. And I dropped a video today on YouTube, five things we learned about or we learned from that episode. So there's no shortage of stuff to check out ahead of uh, AEW Double or Nothing. But let's go ahead and get into SmackDown. We have Braun Strowman defeating The Miz. This is after we start off with the dirt sheet. 
What did you think about this initial dirt sheet? I, I, I thought that they a lot of them were corny. This one still was a little bit less so than others, but still leaving a lot to be desired for me. I'm so conflicted about this one. I'm very, very conflicted because I, I, I thought it. I didn't. I didn't like it. Oddly enough, right until Braun came out, I thought the whole setup was long in the tooth. I thought it was very convoluted, and, and you know th- this gimmick, like this late night show gag, you know, skit setup. It was a, here are puppets that have been rejected. You know, you've yeah. seen Johnny Carson did that in the '90s, and it's such a trope. I'm like, okay, all right, and. <laughs> It wasn't even funny. It was actually quite cringe. I I don't know if any of their stuff is, like, intended to be funny. But then, see, that's the thing, is that Braun comes out, and then they have that three-way interaction, which was really, really good. Morrison was holding his own on this one. He was, like, driving his point home, super eloquent, was doing everything he had to do. Miz was like, hang on, hang on, hang on. And their timing was so spot on. I was like, huh, this, okay, this is actually pretty good. So it's it's a it's a 50-50 segment for me, Sean. Well, Braun Strowman comes out, and this is where I thought it got good because Morrison is cutting a scathing promo on Braun Strowman, and I loved this. Mm-hmm. This was so funny because he knew that he wasn't getting himself into shit. He knew he was going to get Miz into shit. So therefore, he's not backing down from Braun Strowman. This, I think, is one of the best things that Morrison's done since mm-hmm. he's been back. And even Miz is laughing about it. He's like, hey, hey let's calm down just a little bit. <laughs> I don't want to do this. And then Braun's like, okay, let's have a match. <laughs> and it's it's fun. And Strowman crushes the Miz. Uh, at one point, Strowman posted himself. But then he does this heaving suplex that he has adopted, and I love it. Yeah. It works for him. And a running power slam to end it. I thought all that stuff was pretty good. What a contrast from what we had just seen. But what did you think of it? I thought, I thought, like I said, the 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 uh, Morrison Morrison cutting his promo on on Braun was fantastic. I thought the the dynamic with Miz was perfect. Their timing is impeccable. Like you could, you get it. These guys get along well. They have great uh, charisma. Uh, excuse me, uh, chemistry with each other. It just clicks. You 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 understand they're friends in real life. It just it's just something that's very natural to the both of them. The match was what it was, um, you know, and led into the setup. But, you know, the it was fine. It was fine for what it was. But uh, I was kind of excited to move past this. I was looking for something a little more substantial to sink my teeth into because we had we had a great lineup on SmackDown tonight. Yeah, I thought SmackDown was a lot of fun tonight. After the match, John Morrison challenges Braun Strowman to a handicap match. At Backlash, and I was like, ah, I don't want to see this on Backlash. Then he says, for the title, and here's the thing. I know they're not going to win the title, but I'm still kind of interested in this because just last week I think I was saying, yeah, let's get Braun Strowman some more smaller guys, some fast guys to work with. Not only does he get one, he gets two, and it's for the title. I'd rather them do it for the title than not for the title, even if Braun's going to win. I know it's a little bit weird, but I'm open to it. I'm I'm open I'm more open minded for things in in this landscape than I would be normally, so I've I'll reserve judgment on it. I I think it's fine. Braun's gonna win. The my main problem with it is kind of the same problem that I have with Double or Nothing this weekend, where you have 
a series of matches where, or at least title matches, you have title matches where the outcome is extremely clear and there's no, there's nothing to really get excited about because the outcome is so extremely clear. And that's, yeah, I I, I concur. There's a certain level of, hey, we got to make do guys. And I can, I can put a little water in my wine, so to speak, uh, for, for that. But, um, I'm looking forward to getting excited for, uh, for, a, 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 a title match, a WWE pay-per-view title match. Like even as much as I'm looking forward to seeing Drew versus, uh, Bobby Lashley, uh, I, I'm not hyped for it. Like there's no way Drew is going to drop the title so soon. So, Okay, you know, it's just stuff happening. It, you know, it, Backlash is probably going to be like a stacked episode of Raw as opposed to a pay-per-view where you're really, really excited for everything to happen on it. I don't know. It's uh, it's coming together, but not uh, not getting me hype. Miz is backstage and he's a little upset about the match, but then Morrison reminds him that they have a title match now. Renee asks uh, why they think they can win, and I like that John Morrison goes, well, Braun doesn't have a good track record in handicap matches. Which is true. I like that. Reward me for watching the show, even if it's mm-hmm. little like that. Korosami1997 sends a super chat. Reminder, donate a super chat, any amount, get your question or statement read on the air. He says, this is for Sean destroying the idiots on Twitter yesterday. That doesn't narrow it down, my friend. He says... <laughs> I'll be. I'll just say this: unless somebody is a dick, I usually don't say anything negative to them on Twitter. Almost never, and like uncalled for, will I do that? And he brings up. He says Seth couldn't have responded better to the crap said about Becky. I agree. I thought that Seth Rollins. This was a far cry from the Seth Rollins we saw. That was perceived as a crybaby on social media last year. I thought he had a well-thought-out response and all that. And he said, you know, there are people, including Jim Cornette, that are saying, well, why couldn't she have just got pregnant some other time? Well, you know, when you hit 35, that ain't exactly smooth sailing for a lot of people. And uh, he straight up put that out there. And I thought he did great. I thought he was awesome. And here's the thing, guys. Whether or not someone holds a WWE championship, it is none of your fucking business about when they decide to get pregnant. She is not contractually obligated to not get pregnant. You want to know why? Because that's illegal. So, there you go. And if you're one of those people that say that, they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, oh my god, she she really did WWE dirty. Go shit your own pants. I, actually, I probably don't even need to instruct you to do that, if that's the case. <laughs> you know, we get – I just want to throw this out here. We get into some weird conversations sometimes on wrestling Twitter, right? Is Liv Morgan buried or not? Oh, for come on. Stuff like, Are you talking but, about that one guy? That oh, yeah, one well, guy with the account? Oh. <laughs> but – Going on a on a public platform and on your podcast to discuss the merits of a woman deciding to have a baby to found a family, regardless of her employment, is the most 
1959 shit that we could be talking about. And it is not even something we should be talking about. We should be congratulating her, congratulating Seth, and moving on with our goddamn lives. Not everything revolves around WWE, guys. Martha Hart doesn't want to put Owen into the Hall of Fame. And it's her prerogative. It's fine, and we should respect that instead of being a bunch of fucking babies about it. Excuse me. There we go. Rob Wilkins says, I hear the best form of birth control is Jim Cornette. I I don't want to I don't want to do that. I I don't want to get into a war, all that stuff. I saw the Leo Rush stuff today too and I was just like what's the point? What what's the point, man? I mean, look look at it this way. Him and Joey Janela had like figured out all their problems at Chili's. Sure. So why not? So so I'll just let it, I'm I'm just saying I thought that Seth responded very well and very Brilliant. eloquently. I thought that was good. DJ Cass says, I admit I like the in-ring aspect of SmackDown tonight, but between the trade and handicap match for the world title, just gave me a headache. It doesn't give me a headache, the the handicap match. The person who gets the pin uh, wins the title, I would assume, or maybe it's co-champion thing. I'm open to it. I'm I'm open to seeing what they cook up. Maybe it'll be stupid. Maybe it won't. (laughs) But it was announced via a wild line, which is a post-production line, AJ Styles has been traded to SmackDown for future considerations. Warren, I want your thoughts. Uh, Avery Dunn says the most frustrating part of these trades is, that go nowhere is the fact they could be very cool stories told if it weren't for the BS wildcard and invitational. Trades could affect motivations. I agree. We're right now in a context where where the borders are open uh, between the brands. Why are we trading suddenly? Why why is it? And why not just come out and say it? Why not just come out? And, you, Sean, tonight put out a tweet. You made a recap, right? Yeah. Of all the uh, uh, of all and the trades. I missed one. I missed the miss? fact that they just moved Mojo because. Oh right, that's right. That's right. Uh, but uh, let's – it's ridiculous. I, I, and here, this is this, – just this year, right, Brock just jumped to SmackDown because he could because he's because he's Brock Lesnar. Yes. Uh, uh, Bliss Cross Applesauce were traded for future and, – and we all remember how well that went, right, uh, um, um, with um, uh, Alexa yeah, being yeah, traded yeah. first. And then where's – what are they doing with, with Nikki? Oh, all of a sudden Nikki shows up. Uh, Apollo Crews being moved to Raw because draft picks were set to expire. Okay. And now and now we're here again. That, that's for- a thing. I don't know what that means. And there, if, if I have one person that says, well, if you watch sports, you would know what that means. What are – Apollo Crews was moved for draft picks that were set to expire. What the hell does that mean? Because I had people popping up and saying, oh, well – it was implied that that was Alexa and Nikki. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. And you know how you imply something like that? You just say it. I laid out a lot of possibilities last year. Brock Lesnar says he can just move between brands. That doesn't that doesn't put Brock Lesnar over. That buries the concept of the draft you had just had people sit through and told was important, that you told us that these Fox and USA executives were so concerned about. So, you know what you say? You say, oh, well, even though this wasn't a trade, 
We had to figure something out, so we gave SmackDown first rights to sign Naomi, The Usos, and Sheamus. Seems like a pretty good package deal. You make sense of it. And that's it. And that's it. And that's that's it. it. But no, they individually, first off, they fucking individually drafted Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, then traded them collectively for nothing. Mm -hmm. And a bunch of people said, oh, well, wasn't it implied that Nikki and Nope, because they would have just said it. Hey, if WWE you know, wants you to know something, they're going to beat it over your head, Warren. That's a that's a very good point. And, you know, I was going to say, I'm not – I make no bones about it. I don't watch much of pro sports, but I understand how drafts work. And I'm pretty sure that during a draft of any kind, or especially in trade season, there are no implied uh, circumstances. Yes. Uh, I'm pretty, pretty sure everything is pretty much goddamn above the board. Um, and the other thing that's really infuriating, the, 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 the most infuriating thing is that despite the fact that I, I'm compelled to give them uh, WWE uh, some, some leeway because they are working with a reduced roster. And I understand the circumstances, why they've decided to done this, but to do this, excuse me. But they've, they never leave the brand split be a brand split. We don't get used to. To having two completely separate sides that never speak to each other, that never talk to each other. Then there's, oh, there's these, the, oh, the Invitational or the Wild Card last year. And then we get to SummerSlam and, uh, no, excuse me, not SummerSlam, but Survivor Series. And then we're like, oh, I don't care what happens at Survivor Series. There are, there are no teams. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know who to root for because for the past year you've been telling me oh, people can jump around as much as they want. I, so I don't care. And I had so, somebody that said – Oh, Brock can move around whenever he wants. Who's going to stop him? Uh, I don't know. Seth Rollins? <laughs> a, a legal team? <laughs> uh, a legal team? Uh, Drew McIntyre? I, I don't know. Anybody that's beaten him? Roman Reigns? Plenty of people have stopped Brock Lesnar. Sure. I don't know. Go find John Cena. He'll stop him just fine. <laughs> did, did it great eight years ago. Who's going to stop Brock Lesnar? That is the laziest ass reason. And the fact... <laughs> That they're so lazy that they've done this like four times is amazing because they could just say this was to complete the trade <laughs> earlier. They they could literally have said we sent AJ over to over to SmackDown because to, to complete the Brock deal. Even though he says he can do what he wants, unfortunately Fox does not believe that he can do what he wants, and we had to set something up. And I think the the just to cap this one off, I think the, the the thing that bothers me the most, and I'm pretty sure this this ends up bothering us very subconsciously, is that it is proof positive that WWE does no forward thinking, does no planning, that it's always fly by the seat of your pants booking. It's something that we've complained about in the past, and that and when it it's just when it becomes transparent like this, where it's like oh suddenly we're pulling this out, and you're like really, I mean. We get excited when WWE announces a match a week in advance. We get excited, which is weird, but still, we 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 like it when that happens because at least it shows that they have some forward thinking in what they're trying to do. When they pull off this kind of stuff, man, it 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 just exposes a whole underbelly that is just that that doesn't help you appreciate what they're trying to do. Rob Wilkins says, SRS and Janela should interview Sting at Chili's. I'm trying to interview Sting. You know what? I'm going to make a Sting interview happen. 
come hell or high water. I will interview Sting on this website in June. Mark my words. Joseph Farley says the trades are like if Bobby the Bobby Bonilla deal was made by people more incompetent than the Mets. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Bobby Bonilla had a deal that still pays him a million dollars a year from the, the New York Mets. Uh, he retired like 20 years ago, by the way. Yikes. But uh, I thought AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura was pretty good. It wasn't Wrestle Kingdom, but I thought it was pretty good. Okay. <laughs> it was fine. I mean, it was, it was, it was, I mean, there was nothing wrong with it. Um, but I don't know. I, I, it didn't click for me. There was, there was one moment that I went, Ooh, was when they did like when, uh, AJ did like the, the half-ass style clash, clash out of the, which, the triangle. Yeah. Which is a callback to their wrestle kingdom nine match. Sure. They did that exact, maybe not the exact same spot, but styles and, and, and Nakamura did that. Um, it was it was okay. I I wasn't expecting I wasn't expecting a Wrestle Kingdom rematch on that level. Not here. Not on a Friday night. Not when they had it at. Not when they had the big match at WrestleMania a couple of years ago, and and it just it just went. Yeah. Um. I mean, we've talked about it before. Uh, Nakamura is not Shinsuke Nakamura today. Is not the Shinsuke Nakamura that debuted two years ago. Mm-hmm. Far from it. That that star power. Uh, that allure is gone and uh, WWE doesn't seem interested in rebuilding it. Or maybe Shinsuke doesn't isn't interested in it either. You know, they, there's, it could go either way. Um, but this, this was, this was okay. I mean, it's far from being a bad match, but I just, it didn't click. You know, I yeah. thought they had a good final two to three minutes, but that was it for me. I, I, I mean, it was slow pace. And that was the issue with their match a couple of years ago. Uh, but I I rather enjoyed it. I love the calf crusher spot. Uh, they sure. laid in their strikes. Cole called. I mean, it's a Samoan driver, but they never call it a Samoan driver on TV. It's the seated fireman's carry slam, and he is like Michinoku driver, and I was like, no, it's not. It's it's just not, man. And besides, uh, it's called a saber driver now. In case you haven't uh, been paying you attention, there you go. And Styles wins with a, with a phenomenal forearm. I really like this. Uh, AJ moves on in the tournament, and he is traded to SmackDown. (laughs) Like, and the thing is, this was very clearly added in after they filmed this. And I can't remember if they filmed this this week or last week. I think it was last week. But the the heavy post-show editing was evident on this this program. Yes, I agree. Um, Who are they trading them for? Who's being traded? Like, it has to be a tag team, right? No, but I'm being I'm being serious. It has know. to be a tag team. Uh, we're, if we're just speculating and, and talking amongst ourselves, if you're going to trade, you, like you can do a one for one with AJ Styles. It has to be Uso, uh, either Usos and Naomi for the love of God or something. Cause, yeah, because I yeah, mean, go ahead. Usos are going to be sitting out for a while. Naomi has been losing all mm-hmm. the time. But even then, it's like God, man. That 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 leaves it very one sided. Anyway, yikes, no. No. man. We have a non-title champion versus champion match. Bailey tells Sasha Banks that she doesn't want her at ringside for this match. Banks watches on, but she wasn't happy, at least until the middle of the match. She had a smile on her face. <laughs> 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This was a good one. God, Bailey is so good. I think she has benefited from the fact that there is not a crowd because we get to hear her verbal skills. Like Charlotte grabs her hair and she goes, that's cheating. We don't do that here, sister. (laughs) And the thing I like is that Charlotte trying to cheat got turned around on her. She tried Mm -hmm. to use the ropes and then Bailey did that to win. So it's like you you can think that Bailey was healing there. But it's it's like she didn't do anything Charlotte didn't do, so it wasn't dirty, really. Mm-hmm. I, I thought this was really good. This was a lot of fun. Uh, Charlotte took advantage and got on the headset and called Sasha Banks out, which was cool. Uh, she got the knees up on an elbow drop. The Boston Crab, that's the like uh, that was probably the the closest the Boston Crab's been to selling me a ticket for a while. They they did really good with that. But Bailey ends up getting the win. I thought this was awesome. Uh, uh, this was a great match. This was really, really, really good stuff. Uh, I, um, I mean, it, it was hard to expect otherwise. I, I really like how Bailey has like the heel turn has completely reinvigorated her, and and the story here was Bailey had something to prove. She had that's why she told Sasha to stay back. That you don't have to come out. And I like how it continues to play off that storylines. Like Sasha says, well, what, you don't trust me? No, no, that's not it. I just have to do this by myself. She did it. And like you said, I, I, I gleaned the same thing. It's like, okay, Charlotte, you tried to do me dirty. Well, here's how you do it. Um, and when you see a match like this on a Friday night, SmackDown, you know, and you have, you have Charlotte and Bailey who uh, give us a treat. This is what it was. They just give us a, a treat. It's no wonder. WWE leans in so hard on the four horsewomen and want to keep them at the top. They want to keep them protected. Want they, they want to make sure that they are the stars of the show. Because look at what we got. Yeah. This was so, so good. It was physical. Like they were laying into each other. And on top of that, it was well booked. The right person won. It was there was you can't complain about this match on any level. It was a really good match where both women continued to shine. And I am still, I think even more now, now that Charlotte is really leaning into this tweener heel, more heelish personality, uh, well, that she's had for a while, but, you know, she sort of, it, it oscillates a bit. How much she uses her size advantage instead of trying to 
do tornado DDTs and keep flipping off the ropes, which, you know, always end up – she ended up botching a lot of stuff. Now she leans into her physical aspect, and it works so well on Bailey, who's smaller than her. Bailey was wilier. I loved this. I thought it was a great, great match. Sasha and Bailey celebrate backstage as well. What do you think about denim gear? <laughs> well, it I, it makes sense, but you know, I, I when I think denim gear, I think of that episode of Seinfeld. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I think about. Not not quite what we got tonight. Well, there's Good not point. a lot of meat on the bone in the Sasha and Dolph Ziggler, or not Sasha, Sonya Deville and Dolph Ziggler defeating Mandy Rose and Otis. But I love the booking. Sonya Deville gets the win, uh, despite the the having having to overcome that denim gear that Mandy was wearing. Like I bet, like when she did moves, it chafed, like it <laughs> rubbed you raw a little bit. But she cracks Mandy Rose in the back of the head with a knee, while Ziggler holds Otis back. So Ziggler looks like a bastard. Otis looks like he cares about Mandy. Sonya gets the win, and Mandy is a little bit sympathetic. This is another week of this program. Without fans, where they get four people over more, mm-hmm. and they don't 50-50 anybody. There you go. Mandy does not need to win. She does not need to win. Sonia really needs to win. And then, after that, Otis rushes to Mandy's side and gets kicked in the head. This has been outstanding storytelling, amazing execution. This has taken four people who were either... I wouldn't even say they were mid-cards. Maybe Ziggler was a mid-card guy. They clearly liked Heavy Machinery a little bit. But Mandy Mm -hmm. and Sonya got beat all the time. And Ziggler never cracked above the mid-card for a long time. And they got me caring about all four of them. This is awesome stuff from WWE. I wish I was this excited to talk about WWE programming more often because this ruled. It was it was fantastic. Conti- the most consistent angle that they've had moving forward, and they're doing exactly what he, what we had been saying right when the when it was time for the reveal. You know, for the 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 Mandy and Otis failed dinner date thing. Yeah, we were saying Sonya has to get over. She has to come out of this looking strong, coming across like a, a an utter and complete heel but a good dominant heel one who can win matches that's exactly what they're doing sean and in the match tonight the women uh the women did all the the uh, did all the legwork because otis was taken out for a good part of the match it was mandy and and sonya who 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 took it upon themselves to make the match work uh and and mandy took a beating she did a, a a great thes press her knees her knees are as great as usual and that knee that Sonya gave just cracked Manny in the back of the head with. Ah, it's good stuff. I love it. And since we are in a a, a situation, a moment where we have, uh, where we're hoping and praying that WWE is going to start building new women stars, and they have to because goddamn Becky Lynch is gone. Um, yeah, it's good that they're building Sonya as one of those as a. As a heel, first and foremost, which is really, really good for SmackDown, and protected, she she's been she's been having strong matches and not losing, so and and losing and and winning clean on top of that. So it's 
I, you can't fault them. They're doing good on this uh, on this aspect, and I'm excited for it as well. And I'm to cap this one off. The women tonight on SmackDown really shine. Yeah, it was it, they were all all in tonight, and that was so so good to see. Yeah, I I just I love that. If you all couldn't tell, DJ Cass says the handicap match for a world title. Uh, wild card, trade the brand-to-brand uh, invitation. Never thought I'd see the day Vince McMahon became Vince Russo. Th- there are certainly some parallels as far as short-term booking, not no long-term, not paying attention to some things, and stuff like the handicap match, for sure. I think there are an awful lot of differences, though. But, I mean, they, they work together, so there are going to be some similarities. Lake Lore says, does AJ being traded guarantee he's winning the IC title? I don't think it guarantees it, but I think he's winning the IC title. You think so? Yeah, I do. Either that or or Jeff Hardy beats him and we get that feud going on because WWE can't do anything one time. Well, I I have um, – my pick is still Daniel Bryan. He sold me a ticket with that promo he cut yeah. uh, last last Friday. I still think – I still think it's him and AJ in the finals, it but I mean – they're they're pushing hard on the Jeff on the Jeff Hardy thing because eh? they have to remind us that they have the best Hardy. They have to remind us yeah. of that. So that's why they won't let him use no more words. I think probably yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about that. Actually, we got a Forgotten Sons angry veteran promo. See <laughs> Cutler cut it this time. This is better than last week's smarmy one. But uh, they could do a lot worse than this. I just, I don't give a shit. But they they could do a lot worse than this. Sure, sure. Uh, you know they 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 have a little. Symbol too, sure. uh, hey, you know, guys, and they and, go ahead. And, sorry, you know, it, it, it's. Uh, I guess there's a certain level of of being ballsy to pull that kind of yeah. promo over Memorial Day weekend too. You know, uh, eh, we'll we'll just see where it goes. I mean, as far as as Forgotten Sons go, uh, we've talked about it before. Their transition onto main roster was a good idea for them. They've looked good in the ring. I, the, their gimmick is their gimmick, and I, to me, it doesn't connect. But if they can pull off great matches, that ultimately that's all that matters. Well, here we are. Donate some super chats, guys, so we can get our forty in, our forty <laughs> minutes in. Well, here we are, half an hour into our podcast, and it's main event time. Icy tourney quarterfinal. Jeff Hardy cuts a promo before this, but Sheamus took over. I loved him trash talking Michael Cole as he's outside. It's consistent. Also consistent, when Sheamus gets rolled up or punched in the face, he's angry, Warren. Yeah, no, he doesn't like it. And he and uh, he and Bailey should actually start like the Michael Cole Unappreciation Society. I would it, love that. If they, they met fantastic. backstage and they were just they were just like bitching about Michael Cole backstage. Right. Oh, that'd be amazing. And then and then uh, of course Sheamus would be forced to uh, change his haircut to Bailey's. That'd be fantastic as well. Yeah, there you go. So uh, after the commercial, Hardy hits a whisper in the wind, and Sheamus does a series of Irish curse backbreakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is slow pace, but it works really well, I thought. Uh, Hardy did the rail walk dive. He ate knees on the senton, and Sheamus followed up with a nasty knee. But then that roll-up happened, and Hardy got the win. It was the way to go. I mean, the, there was no, uh, there, there really was no other outcome to this one than, than that. And I liked, the, I liked, the, I liked the match. I liked it. Thank honestly, you. I liked it more than than uh, Styles and Nakamura. I thought it told a better story. Yeah, it was slower paced, 
but it, it, it worked for Sheamus uh, it, because he was so dominant. Like he he took over the match. He he basically had Jeff Hardy uh, completely under his thumb for the majority of the match. Hell, he was uh, he you know he was jogging in place at some point. I loved it. It was just just enough of smarm. And you know, it made me realize that um, right up until this point, Sheamus hadn't been showing much personality out of the ring except a uh, big redheaded scowling man. You know. Whereas when he was in the bar, he showed tons of personality with Cesaro. And I kind of felt that tonight as well. Back in the ring, a little more charisma, uh, le- leaning into his uh, his smugness. I liked it. You know, he felt he was in control. Couldn't put Jeff Hardy away. Got a little, like you said, got punched in the face and he got mad. But uh, I, I liked it. I liked the whole story throughout. Um, yeah, it, it was a good one. It was a good main event. It was a good SmackDown overall. Yeah, I really liked SmackDown this week. I thought they accomplished a whole lot, uh, including they announced next week's matches, Elias versus AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan versus Jeff Hardy in the tournament. To me, Bryan and Hardy has to main event that because Hardy yeah. is super popular. Brian's super popular. Elias is in one of those situations where he ain't clicking for me. But... In addition to the IC title match next week, WWE with a, a really goddamn weird announcement for Raw. They're doing a triple threat match f- to face Asuka. Charlotte, the NXT champion, is in there. And I was telling Warren off the air, I, I get why Charlotte's on Raw and NXT. It's She was yeah. a Raw star who won the NXT title. She's still there. I'm fine with that. But she does not need to be in this match. Shayna Baszler is not in this match. After she beat Natalia twice. Instead, Natalia is in this match and Nia Jax. So, you know what we're getting? We're getting Nia Jax pinning Natalia so she can face Asuka because they already showed their cards on Monday and had Nia interact. Why not just save it for two weeks later? Why did they book all this shit in reverse? Okay. And when Shayna doesn't get pinned, she can be upset and keep hurting people. Exactly. Fuck! Oh, there's a lot to unpack on this Not one. Not really? I, yeah, I think I, no, there, there is. There, 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 there are talking points here. You know, neither you or I are, are Charlotte haters, Sean. No, we I enjoy Charlotte's work. That's not the point. Um, we're getting an extra dose of Charlotte. And I, I don't know if I talked about it on Wednesday's show or if it was on my own show uh, on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Subscribe today. Uh, but I I predicted that WWE was going to lean in heavy on Charlotte now that Becky's gone. And by God, by God, having her be in a triple threat match for the number one contendership of the Raw Women's title on Monday is leaning in heavy because she doesn't need to be there why does it even have to be a triple threat in the first place it could be just naya and and natalia if you really want natalia in there to take a pin it could be it could be just those two because like you said we know it's going to be naya and oscar we know it because naya beat up Kyrie sane adorable recorder playing Kyrie sane we know that's what's coming so that's one thing second of all while on SmackDown, they are building uh, Sonya Deville 
putting her on week after week so that we can get to know her and detest her as a heel and so on and so forth. What are they? Why aren't they doing the same thing with Liv Morgan or Bianca Belair, who have been off the air uh, or just uh, not properly used? Now, in the for the argument's sake, you could say, well, Liv hasn't won, hasn't been winning either. She lost to to Charlotte a couple of weeks ago, and that could keep her out of contention. Okay, I sure I'll buy into that. Bianca Belair has not been losing on Raw since she showed up. She hasn't been losing on main event either. She and why has she been off Raw for the past three weeks? Why couldn't she have been put in this match? If you're just going to throw anyone in there, the logical choice was Shayna Baszler because it's for, they want Shayna to be perceived as a monster, as a dominant, but they're not having her wrestle either. Sean, putting Charlotte in this match makes no sense. No sense at all. I completely agree. I completely agree. Should have been Shayna. Shayna just doesn't take the pin. Natty does. To Nia. And really, Natty shouldn't have been in that damn match either. Oh, no. <laughs> Natty no, shouldn't but... be. Ruby Riot shouldn't be. Doesn't make any damn sense. Does not we, make we, any sense. We know why she's there because we've watched wrestling enough to know that yeah. she's there to take the pin. Just that. The, so we're, we're, we're reasoning it out. But in the world of sports entertainment, it doesn't make sense. We have a final super chat from BMEGS19. He says, where does Sheamus rank as a tag team wrestler? That's hard for me to say because, I mean, he and Cesaro were phenomenal as The Bar. Mm -hmm. But The Bar existed for two and a half years, maybe. Yeah. And, uh, again, phenomenal tag team. But there's not that extensive body of work. Like, just in WWE, you've got the Usos and New Day right now who have lasted longer and have a better body of work. The Viking Raiders, collectively, beyond WWE, have been together much longer and are much more decorated, even though the bar held the title like five times. The Undisputed Era over on NXT have a longer, I think, body of work collectively because they were Red Dragon. So like when, when you say that, it, it's hard for me to really put him like in the top, what, 20 even? And if you're talking about single wrestlers who have been tag team wrestlers like Bobby Roode's sitting on the roster. I think he's one of the best tag team wrestlers of all time. Mm -hmm. Like there are, there are a lot of really really good ones. I mean, I would say if you're talking about individually, top 50, top 75 for sure. The Bar as a team, probably a top 30 WWE team, I would say you could argue about that, but WWE's had a lot of great tag teams. Any thoughts on that, Warren? No, I agree. Uh, you know, the let's not forget that you know basically this tag team came around because they just didn't know what to do with Sheamus and Cesaro anymore yep. because they had them doing that that great best of seven series. Uh, but after that, they were like, "Hey, we don't know exactly what to do with you, so we're going to do the respect thing, and you're going to become a tag team." And quite honestly, I I don't think they were meant to be. A, a a real tag team for that long. It's just the chemistry was there. The guys got along really well. Then they started wearing the same coats, came out with kilts. Um, you know, it, it felt like a like an, orga or an organic thing. It was like, oh, okay, well, it's clicking. Uh, it, it's given us something to do. Let's just lean into it. So, um, I, and I, not I wouldn't even put Cesaro as a you know as a great tag yeah. team wrestler either. I mean, you know, I, I think he's a great one. I think they're great tag wrestlers. I just don't think they're all well, time I mean, greats. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I get what you mean. 
because Cesaro is he's just a talented wrestler, sure. period. Um, but yeah, specifically as far as tag team wrestlers go, eh, yeah, then maybe not that high. I agree. J.K. Schwal says, "How bad is the backlash graphic with the greatest wrestling match ever in it?" Yikes! Uh, yeah, yeah, that was rough. We talked about it on Listen, you boy. I mean, at some point, like honestly, I'm gonna tell you. I don't do the raw recaps, right? But I had this one in my mind when I was there. If I was there, I'd say Charlie said that because someone put that in her ear and it's a rib. That's what I thought the first time. I said I I was sure it was a rib because it looked like it looked like Randy Orton giggled at it. He was corpsing. He (laughs) looked like he was corpsing. But then they doubled down on it this week, and then they did the graphic shot. I don't know what they're trying to accomplish with this. Any. Any match can potentially be the greatest match of all time. And what does this mean? And and this is being speculative and a little cynical at the same time. Does this mean that when Backlash is going to come around, the producers are all going to have a meeting and and they're all going to be told uh, so-and-so is producing the uh, Orton Edge match. So everything else, guys, has to be toned down. It has to. I mean, I can see them doing it, but it's so counterproductive. I <laughs> My God. Also, uh, Warren, let the people know yes. where they can find you. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can find me. I'll stretch this out, Sean, because I know we, we want a little more time. Uh, we can, you can find me at YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. I record my podcast there live every Thursday night, 9 p.m. So why don't you come have a, have a go at it? Subscribe. That's always good too. Subscribe to the channel. Uh, come over. We have a great live chat as well, uh, and uh, some fun times there. I'm also going to be doing a prediction show for a uh, for a Double or Nothing tomorrow morning on the channel. So if you want to check that out, that'll be great. Otherwise, it's all on Twitter. Twitter.com/slash Mr. Warren Hayes. We do have one more super chat. The line cool. drive says, "Shot in the dark." The greatest match ever was accompanied by the greatest showman soundtrack. Imagine this being some terrible musical. <laughs> a musical would be, honestly, if they did like a cinematic musical match, mm-hmm. I'd be like, what a great fucking rib. What a yeah. phenomenal rib on yeah. everybody this is. And they were like, you never know until you know. Whew. Uh, guys, I want to thank you all so much. I just hit 50,000 followers. Thank you. That is very cool. I think last year... Or maybe, yeah, last year is like half that. So big thank you to you all. Also follow at Fightful Wrestle. We are on Instagram at Fightful Online. We are on Facebook at Fightful Online. Give us a like. We are all over the place. We have a freaking Pinterest for the love of God. I didn't even know it, but apparently it does really well. I I can assure you, I have nothing to do with that. (laughs) Thank you all so much. We're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.